for the equaliser, and it's a beautifully sculpted score for is won by Armand Carline O'Hanlon, the right person in the right seat. Only for point number 10. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sideline Eye podcast. We're this is our preview, our review show, sorry, and we're looking back. At Armagh's first defeat of the league campaign against Roscommon on Sunday. It was a three-point loss and it was, as I say it was Armagh's first defeat and it puts them fourth in the league table when a win would have put them top. I'm delighted to be joined by Cahar O'Kane of the Irish News and Cahar was covering this game yesterday and made the long track west to watch the game. Cahar, as I say a long track um, but a lot of Armagh fans made it down the road and didn't get the result they wanted, but I suppose I'm going off your tweet. They're one of the best fan bases in the country and probably rivals with Mayo, just. Oh, they are, you know, uh, in terms of a whole lot of things, like what, what they bring, the, the noise, and, and particularly the colour that they bring, they're so distinctive. Um, I, I mean, they'd been a good few years without success, and, you, and it was hard to, to pick that out, you know, at times, but I always vividly remember coming in through the, the press box in the Hogan stand the day they played Kildare in the in the qualifier in Coe Park like and just the sea of orange that day and it hit you that afternoon that it's the first time in a long time it had been back and ever since that pretty much there has been a wave behind it and obviously like I wasn't there that day but our man Mayo was a half three throw one they were telling me there were people queuing three hours before the match like and when you get those two together that that Brings its own kind of madness. Like they, they're they're very vocal. They're very colourful, and they're they're travelling in great numbers wherever they're going. So they're definitely they're definitely well up there at the moment. And I suppose, as I said, didn't get the result that we wanted, but it was a, a poor second half. Showing, I suppose, is the way, and we'll get into the analysis of it and the ins and outs. But that that was pretty much the the tail of the game, wasn't it? Armagh weren't top in the first half, and. Just a poor second half shown, and you don't have them in Division One. If you have them, you end up on the losing side, don't you? That's it. Probably was a really poor second half. To be fair, you know, put themselves in a great position. I thought, I thought they played some fantastic football in the first half. I thought it was a really, really good game, really enjoyable game, and both teams, you know, it was it was gung ho to the point of kamikaze at times on both sides where. And you maybe didn't get the sense on TV, but when either goalkeeper was was kicking the ball out, literally the entire pitch was in the middle of the field, and 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 that's what happened on the goal and the penalty. You know, Armagh literally squeezed every single person into the middle of the field and then got caught because they lost the kick out. And Ben O'Carroll just gambled, said, oh, "I'll not go in there. If we won it, I'm I'm here and moan." Roscom won the ball, got it to him, and he won a won a penalty. But that was. That was happening all day on both sides. So it made for a really sort of hectic, you know, the prime example being again, Jason Duffy's point in the first half where he turned the ball over just outside his own 45 and literally ran the entire way to the far 21-yard line with nobody in front of him. You know, it, uh, you know the shape of the game, the, the way that the game panned out was, was 
even by modern football standards, even by how fluid the game is now, it was unique almost. It was it was crazy stuff in some ways. And and for for a supporter, it was thoroughly enjoyable. There was very, very few definable matchups. You know, everybody just picked up the nearest runner. That left it all a bit shapeless. It left that there was space for forwards. But for me, it's seven up at half time, playing against a strong wind to only score four points in the second half and to not really look like scoring any more than that. Armagh were, you know, Armagh were poor for the second half. But again, how much of that comes down to the concession of the goal and then Ross Common just being able to sit back that wee bit and soak it up and Armagh were probably guilty of the same thing Ross Common were guilty of in the first half of shooting from positions he shouldn't be shooting from thinking a wind is going to carry a ball over the bar for them and Ross Common had some terrible wides in the first 20 minutes 29 minutes before anybody other than the full back scored for them so like they were poor enough in the first half but they got 7 points with the one and Armagh only got four and that was basically as much as the penalty decided that that was as much the tail of the game and like the penalty car and I'm being biased and I know I am but I thought it was harsh I thought Barry McCambridge done well to get back and to get a, a tackle in but you're obviously a neutral perspective maybe you're going to tell me it, it should have been a penalty I'm afraid I am, um, to be honest. I think, I actually, because there was a wee bit of chat about it. I saw a few funny Armagh fans saying that they didn't think it was a penalty, so I watched the replay back there this morning. At the time, in real time, just at the game, there was no real doubt in my mind at all. On the replay that I saw, if if he got a fraction of the ball, but at the pace he was going at and the position he was tackling from, it had to be a really clear dispossession it had because he was coming from behind through the back of O'Carroll unless he was literally scooping the ball away from O'Carroll the referee was always going to give the penalty and to me I, I don't think there's much complaint at all I don't I don't see I don't see any real complaint in that from Armagh's point of view like you know you can blame referees but I mean Armagh left Ben O'Carroll standing all on his own 30 yards from goal and left Byron McCambridge in a position where he did unbelievably well to actually make up the ground that he did to get any sort of a tackle on but he just was a yard short and for me he did he did it foul him enough to, to concede a penalty and so just on that kick out press Kehar I know I put up a, a tweet um, looking people just to send me in any talking points that they want discussed on the podcast and it was the same with the Mayo game um, the conversation on kick outs and pressing it on why Armagh let teams go short at stages but I suppose that's the negative of the big press is you're leaving yourself wide open and we've seen it carrying Dublin a couple of years ago Jack McCaffrey's goal in the Iron final is the perfect case of if you do do that big press and you push everybody forward there's so much space behind you and if you don't win it the likelihood is that you could concede a goal That is the risk reward Like and, and to be fair you know both teams were were doing largely the same. There were times when they both dropped off, but when they did squeeze, to be fair to them, they were committed. You know, when when they decided they were going to squeeze up, they both squeezed up like hell. And most of the time, the squeezing was done when the when the opposition keeper was trying to kick into the wind, so you were at advantage where the ball was was holding up that wee bit more. But I wouldn't be I wouldn't be overly critical on the idea. I wouldn't be really critical at all on the idea of of the press because. You know, dropping off. Armagh were heavily criticised 
and probably some justification after the, the game in Balbuffet last year for completely dropping off Sean Patton's kickouts, even though if any goalkeeper is going to hurt you in Ireland for pressing up, he will hurt you probably more than anybody else. So it, it's a hindsight thing. It's easy to criticise a press when it gets caught out and and you get and you concede the goal off it. But there's so many times that that will work in your favour as well. And it is, you know, it's such a good way to build, build momentum in a game and, you know, to build that talk about the support to get the support into it. There's nothing gets a crowd into a game now because of the way the game has changed. Probably nothing generates the atmosphere and, and, and getting into a game as much as one and two or three kickouts in a row and getting really on top of a team in that area and feeling like you're building everything towards their goal and them being under the cost. So it didn't work. It didn't always work. They they probably got as much off it as they lost over the over the whole seventy minutes. But the the goal was a crucial score, and that is just that is the nature of it. That is the risk you take. On the first half, as you said, Armagh played some really good stuff in that first half. They were on top for long, large periods, and I suppose the the form of Jason Duffy was. It just felt every time he he got the ball, he was going to score. And Jason's a. Uh, Armagh probably have a, a lot of good attackers and would, you know, pride themselves in having a lot of good attackers. He had a really good breakout season last year, it sort of felt. And I think this was his first start of the year and he was he was brilliant in that first half, wasn't he? Ah, he was absolutely terrific in that first half. His first score off his left foot from the wrong side it was a beautiful score. Like we were we were right in line with it, like and the, the way he judged the wind. Um it it was absolutely brilliant score and he, he four from play in the first half and he really did you know he really did trouble Westmeath every time he touched the ball and I mean I'm a I'm a, a massive fan of Andy Mernon. Um I, I think he has made a massive difference to Arma, even though their performances maybe on the whole haven't quite been at the level I think having Andy Mernon fit has been one of the real plus points of the early part of the season and Again, uh, you know, Ross Common, Connor Daly just couldn't deal with him at all yesterday. With anything came near morning, he won. He won. I think he won Ross Common's first two kickouts as well in the middle of the field. And you know, he's a big advantage. I thought in the first half, I thought the positions that Ryan O'Neill took up on the left, he took, he hugged the left touch lane, he cut in off there, and he got his two points off the same position. And I thought he picked up some some good positions out in that wide at that wide channel, but. Um, it didn't sustain into the second half, and some of their attack and play in the second half was very poor. And and the again go back to the fact that their shot selection and and on on what they were trying to do, and then you know even the last seven or eight minutes really panicked. Um, you know three three points down, started humping ball in and started you know f- f- searching for goals that. With the one that they're back, you know, they didn't really need it that stage. You, you felt that if they got one score and won a kick out, you know, there was enough time for them to go and still win the game. So, but um, no, Duffy, Duffy's uh, his play was superb in the first half yesterday, but I'd just be a wee bit, I would be a wee bit, he left, he left the goal behind him and not even himself. Like, I mean, he was busted, he just carried 90 yards and it's hard to be too critical of him, but he had Andy Mernon just right beside him. Andy Mernon had actually been great work to to create. A, Connor Daly and Andy Mernon were dead in a dead heat, about fifty yards from goal, and Andy Mernon got away from Daly, 
and and he, he to create that separation where where Duffy could have literally just handed him the ball, he was busted and he just could have popped it to Mernon and he had Grugan again on the far post, which was an extra man inside. And I think Armagh had they been ruthless, they would have walked that ball into the net. They should have walked that ball into the net. And that is one thing that Armagh have maybe been never quite been brilliant at. They create plenty of goal chances, but the wee ruthlessness and throwing would have been like that a few years ago as well. And they're round about the, the time that they, um, what year was it they beat Armand in the Ireland quarterfinal? 2017? 2017, uh, yeah. That, around about that time, Throne were deadly for, for getting those goal chances and squandering them. And they started to work on the just the, you know, the horrible goal that it is, just palming a ball across the net for somebody to throw it in. Like, but, you know, there's a good reason why teams do it. It, it eliminates the risk so much of the risk out of your goal scoring opportunities like and and it's just something that Armagh probably just don't do that well and that, that the goal chances that Armagh had they should have had at least one goal and we've talked about the Duffy one obviously TK had a goal chance and fabulous block by um, Kieran Lennon I think it was was back there Subi Campbell had a chance in the second half Rain O'Neill just the, pa- the past two Rain just wasn't good enough on the pass across then got away from Supi so if Armagh get one of them, it changes the game. And probably if they had got one of them first half games, they're going in four points up at half time and they probably see it out. I look for me, I, I think Armagh left that game behind them, really. You know, genuinely, I think three big goal chances. Tiernan Kelly's, I don't think Tiernan Kelly did much wrong. Um, he, he, he cut his right at angle, he took a shot. It was a brilliant block from, from Kieran Lennon, just the, you know. I don't think there was much he could have done. There was no obvious pass on or anything, but but the chance that that Supi and and Rian and Neil contrived to to make a mess of between themselves, you know, again, twenty five yards from goal, a two on one situation. For me, Campbell should have just straightened up, drew the man. The pass to Rian and Neil was probably too early, and it put Rian and Neil in a position where they then probably had to beat the man or try and throw a pass back to Campbell, which he then did and, and the pass was loose and the goalkeeper got there. Like and it was a, just a uh, Kieran Donnelly said afterwards execution is the word that they would use and that you know, it was just a really poor execution of a really, really, you know, for for a team at that level, what should have been a fairly simple goal chance to just straighten up and, and draw the man and, and walk the ball into the net again. And the second half, Kahar, and it's the second game in a row that Armagh have been in front at half time. And just the the third quarter, that first fifteen minutes, they just and not if they don't get up to the speed of the game or the, the other team come out like it happened against Mayo. Mayo went obviously they went five points up and Armagh come back for a, a dramatic draw. But yesterday with Roscommon, Armagh had a one point lead and, and suddenly within about five or six minutes of the second half, they're two points down. Like Roscommon, Roscommon just come out and get three points in a row. Did Armagh come out flat, or what? What did you think was the big change at the start of the second half? Did Roscommon just was there any change tactically, or obviously playing against the wind? Um, Roscommon had to maybe play it a bit shorter and not be taking wild shots, like you said they took in the first half. Yeah, I think there probably was a wee element of flatness in Armagh in those first five or six minutes, which Roscommon definitely capitalised on. Your Roscommon's play again, you know, it's the it's the age old. Thing and with a wind in Gaelic football, like teams for forever more think a wind's going to carry a ball to the bar for them, and, and then when the, they're against it, their play is that wee bit more composed. And that's you know, Ross Common in those first five or six minutes, they worked the ball into the D, 
they probably got into the D far too easy for for Armagh's liking, and they got into positions where they kicked fairly easy scores, um, and and there was a wee bit of a passiveness about Armagh just in in that stage, and they didn't get any contact on, and and Ross Common were were kind of just cutting them far too easily, and as you say, then that left you then in a position, and then the, obviously the penalty came, and that that created a four point gap, and that you know wonder not then a four-point gap in the modern game is, is hard chasing because the opposition can just drop drop everything back and, and force you to either try and run it through them and risk being being turned over or take your pot shots from from distance, which Armagh probably didn't succeed with either for, for a while. And um and just uh, they were they were definitely flat in those first five, six minutes and they probably they they paid for it. There was nothing Nothing hugely obvious changed tactically. Um, obviously, Kieran Macken went off. Um, he had been booked just before half time. Kieran Donnelly said the combination of that and and the injury was just coming back from that they sort of allowed he would probably only play a half anyway, but they're thereabouts. So um, it it meant a wee bit of a reshuffle on Armagh's part, but I don't even think that it was anything. I just thought that there was a wee bit of a, a standoffishness about them in defence in those six or seven minutes that were they were just costly. And do you think, was it the fact that they were coming out to play with the win? Because I know, like, and I was listening to the RTE podcast, Neil McCoy, he said the same thing at halftime. He was looking up the league table to see who Armagh had to play to, to reach a league final. He was that confident coming out to play with the win. Do you think that that, does that possibly seep in and your Armagh players are thinking at halftime, yeah, we just have to go out here and chip away at this and we'll win it. I possibly I think they'd probably they played well enough in the first half and put themselves in a good enough position to be confident. Certainly that if if they went out and produced the same again, they would definitely win the game. And as they had, they would have won the game. But do you know what's the the, the margins are tight. The margins are just so tight at that level that you know, Ross Common created two or three good scoring chances and took them, and and that wee bit of standoffishness and not just getting contact on and the and those couple of tackles and all of a sudden, what seemed like a good position became a very precarious position, and then you know the more that you go chasing it, and they left themselves then vulnerable to the goal, and the goal then made it where you know you you were back you were back behind long far behind where you were at half time. Um, at that stage, like, and I don't know. I don't think it was a complete. I don't think it was a complacency thing at all. I just feel like for those few minutes that they just were were a wee bit slack and a wee bit just not quite back at the, at the pitch of it. And Ross Common did come with not only more energy but more composure. And maybe maybe that caught Arma a wee bit in that. You know the way that Ross Common worked their scores at the start of the second half was very different to the way that they're that they've been trying to work scores in the first half. It was more composed and, and working the ball a bit closer to goal. Maybe you know maybe Armagh were were defending just in a way that maybe wasn't expecting that. But I don't think it was complacency at all. I just think that they were just caught by five or six minutes of slackness. And again, Cahar getting messages in about um our own kickouts, Armagh's own kickouts and. Their struggles around the middle of the field in terms of personnel are well known at this stage. Um, as you mentioned, Kieran Mackin only played a half. Now Grimley only come on 
the last few minutes. There's no Ben Creeley, no Stephen Sheridan, no Washington O'Neill. So they're down a lot of bodies in round there. But how how did you judge the Armagh kickouts? The one sixty five percent of their own kickouts, and I'm not sure how that compares to the likes of your Dublins and your carries, how they how high their retention is. But what what did you make of the Armagh kickouts? I like I probably feel a wee bit sorry for Ethan Rafferty. Um to be fair, because for for my money, having watched him develop and like I'll be totally honest, when when he went in there at the start last year, I wasn't sure about the move at all. Um and I've I felt that Donegal would really prey on him and Donny uh, in Balbuffet in the championship, which they did to a point, but then you you realise that it's probably not Ethan Rafferty they're actually preying on. It's the fact that, that Donegal are so much bigger than Armagh in the middle of the field. And I mean, a goalkeeper can only do so much. And as good, like I I think, like Ethan Rafferty picked a couple of absolutely superb kickers. Like the one he hit down the stand side into Rian O'Neill's run. You know, as, as a left-footed goalkeeper myself, a very rubbish, a very rubbish one compared to Ethan Rafferty. Like, but that that was a, a, a not an easy kick. The angle that that kick was at and the angle that run was at, that was some kick. And and because Ross Common had really squeezed it and Rian O'Neill had about a, a yard and a half outside him where that ball had to be in and it was absolutely inch perfect. And, and Rafferty's capable of that. He, I think he's so good off the tee. And I think sometimes we look at it and, again, you may be seeing a picture on TV where Armagh are struggling to win their kickouts and and you're putting the blame on the goalkeeper. But when you you're able to look at the whole picture, you're looking at it and saying, where does he kick it here? Like there, there's no obvious out ball here. Teams are obviously very well aware that Armagh are down midfielders, as you say, that Rian is is probably playing out around the middle a lot, and that if they're going to load bodies around anybody, it's Rian O'Neill. So then that puts Ethan Rafferty off. He's looking at it saying, well, just. That's a three on one in there. I don't want to kick that in there, but the the squeeze is on, and I think Armagh's structure is such that they don't they don't seem particularly interested in finding ways around that at the minute. Um, they're you know I haven't any numbers on it. I haven't looked at it in that way, like but just the number of times that they would go short or try to find something short when that big press comes on is probably quite small. Like Ross Common were, were all right set up. Like I didn't think there was anything special. They just put a lot of bodies up and around the middle and put a lot of bodies up and around. But just thought that when Armagh were struggling, there was a wee bit of a lack of width or a wee bit of a lack of try something else. You know, the... They, you know, they all just stick in the book now, like the bunch and break, like, you know, you just put everybody in the middle for a few seconds and break to the wings and see, does that get you out for a ball or two and break the break the flow and break the pressure? Like, and it seemed that unless Ross Common dropped off the kick out, Armada didn't get it away short and they had to go long then. And just, I would say that that's something they'll, they'll want to be looking at. Uh, you know, when they're down midfielders, teams are going to squeeze them. And if they get squeezed, they're probably going to need a better alternative, and like you, you would have seen. I've seen them all. Well, to be fair, I've seen all three other games between two and TV and and Ross Common yesterday. But um, there's no doubt that that's an issue at the minute, and it's probably it's probably fed in to the fact that three points isn't the worst return, 
in the world from from three games, but they might have had more. Um, and it's definitely an area where they're struggling. Uh, yeah, so they're going into the Lions then now next week, Kiar, as you say, three three points from three games isn't isn't that bad, but going down to Kerry now and a, facing a, a real wounded animal, they took a heavy defeat and Kerry, you'd imagine Sean O'Shea and David Clifford's going to be back in the starting lineup, so it doesn't get much easier for Armagh now coming up this week. No, it's it's the place you probably don't want to be going this week is, is away to Kerry, uh, given the how wounded they will be. It's very rare that they would score four points over such a prolonged spell as they did only score four points against Mayo. They kicked kicked the I think they finished by eleven, was it? But but they were on four for a long time and, and were well, well beat. Um Clifford coming on made a big difference, obviously. Three I think he touched the ball three times, kicked three points. Um Sean O'Shea. So you're right. You know, Kerry to me, I would have said it the day I was at the, the game the day they played Donegal and Ballard Felix and they just they looked like all Ireland champions and that they looked like a team when they worked on um uh, for the time of the year that it was. Um that'll that'll come. Like Kerry are no strangers to the bottom end of the league and the early part of the league, particularly when they've won all Ireland. Uh there'll be no panic or no rush on their behalf. They'll get out of it. They'll get to six points and they'll get out of it. Um they'll time it as such. But for Armagh, well, it's a place you don't want to be going, but then maybe it, in some ways it's the last week that Kerry might be caught too. So to get them later would maybe be worse. You have to play them. So maybe, you know, obviously Kerry just can't flick a switch either. They, they look, you know, they're behind and their team holiday and all that there. That's what happens all Ireland champions. A lot of the time, obviously Dublin would have spent their January in their Burn Cup with nobody on the field and Tyrone obviously had a long, long break after their All Ireland success. So, um, it it could could be tricky, could be tricky for Armagh, all right. But feel that the style of play that Armagh have as well, you know, things click. They'll still feel that they can definitely trouble Kerry, and you know we're talking about midfield. I don't, I don't think unless. They make the change unless they put Sean O'Shea in the middle of the field on Saturday. Kerry aren't particularly strong in the middle of sales at the moment. We got at them. Um, and just there's enough hope there for Armagh that they could still go there and get something. Well, I know there'll be a big fan base going to Kerry and a lot of people making the, the weekend out of it. And this is one of the reasons Armagh wanted to get to Division 1 was get these big weekends away against the likes of Kerry. So... Um, we'll be back on Thursday. We'll be previewing that game with former Kerry footballer Sean, o- Sean O'Sullivan and we're all looking forward to it. Probably not um, the best form to be going down after the defeat at the weekend, but as I say, the- this is one of the main reasons Armagh wanted to get to Division 1 was a big weekend in Tralee. So we're all looking forward to it and hopefully Armagh can go down and get a good result from it. Kahar, good man. I appreciate you coming on and giving us your thoughts on the game. No bother. Good man, Sean. Thank you. Carlino 
Kira Donnelly for point number 10. Oh,